Reflecting on Reflection with Mara Brenner. This podcast is funded by Federal Part C of IDEA funds as part of the American Rescue Plan Act. Okay, well, in our last conversation, we talked a little bit about uh, reflection in the work and how um, who we are and and, uh, we bring to the work and sometimes get triggered. And then we started talking about reflective supervision as an opportunity to reflect on the work um, that we do. So to begin with, um, my first question is, what does it really look like? What is a reflective supervision um, session? What does it look like? Sure, so a reflective supervision session, right? So when we think of doing reflective supervision, ideally it is a ongoing scheduled time that happens either you know, once a month, twice a month at a certain time that is as sacred as can be given, the, given our work. And what the session really looks like, there's a supervisory responsibility in the session and a supervisee's responsibility in the session. And so the supervisee comes to reflective supervision with some things on their mind, either a family they wanna talk about, uh, a situation that they're struggling with, something that they did really well at, that they wanna share. Mm-hmm. So it is really the agenda of the supervisee. And mm. So that's their responsibility is to come with something in mind. Yeah. Um, it, if there's nothing in mind, the supervisor can absolutely help with that, but it's, it's helpful to be intentional and thoughtful about this process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, supervisee comes with uh, something in mind and the Mm -hmm. supervisor's sort of lens is there's sort of three steps that uh, we often think about in terms of the literal structure of the session and it's hands off, hands out, and hands on. Mm -hmm. And what I mean about that is hands off is that at the beginning of the session, the reflective supervisor is quiet. Mm. Hands are off of this. And so the supervisee says, this is what's happening in this family. This is what I've been doing. Mm -hmm. This is what's going well. And this is really what I'm struggling with. And it's, here's another family, you know, whatever the supervisee is bringing to uh, the uh, time together. And that really, uh, that's talking about really good listening skills and um, trying not to jump in um, and cut the other person off like I just did it with this question but (laughs) we'll roll with it (laughs) so it's very much about listening yes and it is sort of like we talked about in our first session their supervisor needs to be mindful aware of their own thoughts that are coming up as they are listening to the supervisee telling this story right so they might be already jumping to problem solving Mm -hmm. right they might already have a solution for this Mm -hmm. Right. And so what's required in this section of the the process is to just listen. And it's so it's important to notice our thoughts and however we do it to sort of put those thoughts to the side so that we can be present. Right. If we are busy thinking about what we are going to say, we are actually not listening. Yes. And what's required here is to be listening. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's the hands off part. 
mm-hmm. fully listening. And some people might say actively listening. And it's like, well, uh, it's actually not even actively listening yet because we're not actively involved in it yet. We are mm-hmm. just listening. Right. Okay. Right. And then the next piece, once they have told, uh, 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 we would call it the verbal video, um, sort of the narrative, whatever it is that they want to tell us, the next step for the supervisor is to put our hands out. And that's when we actually start asking questions, mm-hmm. not solving the problem, not telling them what to do, but we might ask questions like, wow, that sounds like that was really intense. Mm-hmm. How did you manage that? Mm-hmm. What was going on for you when the, when the grandma said this? Right. How did you know to say this in this moment? Right. What, what was it like for you? to be in the presence of this family who was doing, you know, X, Y, and Z. And that's using questions to encourage their reflection. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. Because what we tend to do is somebody says, this is the example I give all the time, right? A a family says, I need some help with my, with sleep for my Mm two-year-old. And if we listen to that question and then we jump to the answer and we say, here are some resources for sleeping for two-year-olds, we have missed that the fact that this parent is asking, this mom is asking the question because her husband wants the baby out of the bed. She wants the baby in the bed and her parents are judging her for wanting it in the, the baby in the bed. Wow. And that'd be a huge miss because we've, we've assumed what she wants to know and jumped in with an answer that's not going to fit with what she really wants. And that's true for most of us. We ask a question and usually what we want is underneath a question. Right. Mm, okay. And so she really wanted to know about sleep because she's got the sleep issue. But we, mm. if we can use inquiry and be mm. curious, we might say something like, so tell me what sleep is like right now. Mm. Right. Which gives us information that we didn't have. Right. And would have missed if we just answered the question. Right. So yep. it's sort of the same concept in supervision. It's like, well, what was it, what happened when this family did this, when the mom said this, and oh my goodness, the baby was so responsive. What was that like for you? Right. Yeah. We've got a whole picture that it, it fills in the gaps of the picture, right. which is what we want. We want as much of the picture as possible. So you're casting a wide net with that kind of open-ended question. Um, and, and really just, and again, coming to this, like, I don't really know let me yes. let me understand let me learn and so this open-ended question is really broad so that they could tell um tell the story yes yes uh, i think victor bernstein says this you know it, it uh be curious like you're going to another uh, country that speaks a different language right mm-hmm. you want to gather more information right, right. you want to understand what the language of this person or this family is and i don't mean the literal language i mean what's you know, the story of the, right. uh, of what's going on. If you, if you come to this other country and you're hungry and you just say, so where's the nearest McDonald's, you're not going to find out about like the local cuisine sure. um, as if you, if you'd say, where's a good place to eat. Right. Right. Yeah. So this middle part, so sort of the hands off is mm-hmm. often challenging challenging for supervisors because we are tend to be fixers and helpers. And so supervisors um, job in that moment is to regulate themselves, mindful self-regulation hands out is about questions. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's not questions from a, 
um, critical tone, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to think about tone when we're in this relationship, supervisor, supervisee relationships. It's not like, well, why did you do that? Mm. Or what made you, what were you thinking, right? Mm. That's tone. But if I were to say something like, wow, what made you decide to do that in that moment? Yeah. And you hear my curiosity versus why did you do that? Sounds like I have just done something wrong. Yeah. Good point. And so the how of the inquiry is important, mm-hmm. right? And that's a skill to develop over time, right? right? And um, and I've been doing this a really long time and I can still fumble over questions sometimes. Sometimes I jump to problem solving. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's required in terms of this mindful self-regulation is to realize I have just jumped ahead. Let me slow down and back up and ask another question. Let me ask a quick question about that. When are you more likely to jump to problem solving? <laughs> oh, gosh, uh, all the time. Um, and I don't mean just you. I mean, everybody. When what? What's the thing that's happening yeah. inside of us that makes us jump or what could be happening? Sure, sure. It could be a few things. One is like, a, like, oh, my God, I can't believe they just did that. I need to <laughs> tell them what to do, right? Right. And, and I think that's a reality thing for a lot of us as supervisors. It's like, no, there's something that is the right thing to do here, right? Ah, mm-hmm. I also think sometimes as supervisors, we get triggered. And so we have our own reaction of like, that's not how you work with a family or that's mm. not how you attend to a baby. And so usually we have our own triggers mm-hmm. to things that supervisees are saying as uh, service providers have with families, right? You know, right. this is a a, a similar process. Okay. And so I t- personally, this is my style and, and I know your style is a little bit different, but I tend to name things in the moment. I might mm-hmm. say things like, oh, I've got all of these thoughts of things I want to say. So let me just put that down and find out more about this. Because mm. when I say that personally, uh-huh. that, that grounds me. Okay. Maybe it releases a little bit of that tension in the moment of the building or, up or, or those yeah. physiological responses. Like you say, oh, my heart is beating like, oh, my gosh, what did they do? You know, right. Saying that kind of it just diffuses some of that. Yes. Cool. Yeah. 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 And so there's a, a, I think often a misunderstanding in reflective supervision that we never get to the so, quote unquote solution or to a, a, a plan because we actually do. I mean, Mm -hmm. many people used to think, oh, reflective supervision, you just talk about your feelings. It's like, well, you attend to what's going on. Mm -hmm. You ask questions so you understand the scenario and Mm -hmm. what might be going on for the other person. And then at the end of the session, the hands-on is really, let's put our heads together and see what would make sense as next steps. Ah. And the key I want people to hear is we put our heads together. Right. It's not like, Oh, I'm going to tell you, Joe, this is what you should do. Right. Now, I may have opinions about what you should do. Right. And so I might say, let's put our heads together. I have some thoughts. You may have some thoughts. Let's just throw them all out and see which one feels right to you. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I want people to hear that it's a collaborative piece is because if I come up with a solution that doesn't feel right for you, mm-hmm. you're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And right. then I'm going to be like, why are you not doing what I tell you to do? Right? right. And you might be like, Mara doesn't get me. She gives me solutions that don't make sense to me. Or right. I've already tried that solution. Why is, you know, yeah. I wouldn't, that, I, 
why would she give it to me again? Yeah, it doesn't sound like partnering. It sounds like all of a sudden the, you know, you shift into the um, uh, supervisor role more administratively. I'm going to tell you what to do because I know best. But this whole process is recognizing that the home visitor is is the expert in that situation. They've got more hours logged with that family. They've, you know, they're seeing it from their point of view. Exactly. Mm. Another piece I want to name here that's just popped in my head, you know, I also think we get caught in this, like, uh, we want the other person to come up with the solution themselves, right? Mm. Which is ultimately true, right? Because I think many, we, we have our own answers inside of us, if somebody helps us by asking questions so that we can uncover that. Um, but what it ends up looking like sometimes is, well, so what do you think you should do, right? And mm -hmm. it, it once again makes it not partnering, right? Right. Now that question is still a good question. You know, I might say, well, do you have some thoughts about what would make sense as next steps mm -hmm. versus what do you think you should do? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, I'm getting into specifics here in terms of the questions you might ask, right. because I want the other person to feel like I'm in partnership with them versus right. I'm trying to make them come up with their own answers. Right. Because right? if, if you say, and you know, so, well, what do you think you should do? It's kind of like, this ain't my problem. This is your problem. You figure it out. Right. <laughs> or if I knew what to do, I would be doing it. Right. And so, <laughs> right. and so it's a bind, right. But yeah. it's well intended though, right. Cause we're yes. really trying to, cause what we're doing in this reflective process is really asking questions to help other people uh, uncover the answers for themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, right. I, I have certainly had this experience over and over and over again, that if somebody listens to me intently and mm -hmm. asks me some questions, then I can go at the end of that conversation and say, oh, my gosh, I have been so reactive the whole time and I've just not been present for this family. I need to figure out how to get grounded. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. just in the telling and having somebody be curious with me, right. I get clear. Right, right. Right. And it's not because they asked the quote unquote right question. It's because we're in this inquiry together. We yeah. are both curious. And, and it really is. Honestly... I want that to be highlighted. Sorry, yeah. Jeff, for one second. I just want to highlight yeah. this thing. There is not a right question. Right. Right. I think a lot of supervisors feel like if I just ask the right question, then my supervisee will figure it out. Yeah. <clears throat> and that whole and the idea truth is, is you just ask a bunch of questions and you get there. Right, right. So, so that whole idea of, uh, of wanting to get the answer from the supervisee is really honoring their capacity to come up with the answer and honoring their position. Um, so you start there. And I also hear you say, but we don't want to dump it all on them. We're still partnering with them. So we might come back. Yes. If they're totally stuck, we might say, well, what if you tried? Have you tried this? What if you yeah. tried this? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. I, many times I've said to, to people I supervise, you know, and so, uh, so something like what would make sense for you in terms of the next steps? And they would say, I literally have no idea, Mara. Could you give me some ideas and I can see which one fits? Mm. And I'm like, great. Right. And so I might say, well, based on what you described, it sounds like the family is really ready for the next step. Right. Uh, would you agree with me on that? Uh, right. Yeah, I think they are. Great. So what would it be like to say A, B, C, D, and E? Oh, I couldn't say that. That makes me too nervous. Okay, great. So what if we just said A instead? Right. Could you start with A, right? right. And There's, what... Go ahead. 
Sorry. And again, that goes to the, we're both into this, this work, Joe. So we're both yeah. motivated to say things. The, um, that is the collaborative piece. Yeah. And this is where, and I'm going to bring up a concept that I don't know if we have time to talk about in this episode, but we can talk about it again, is we're actually engaging in the parallel process. Mm, okay. And what I mean by that is we, we are with the person we are supervising the way we want that person to be with their families that they're working mm -hmm. with, which is the way we want families to be with their children. Mm -hmm. So if I were to say, that's a silly idea, don't do it, here's what you should do. I wouldn't want my service providers to be talking to families like that. Exactly. What yeah. you did with your child isn't right. This is what you should do is not uh, strengths-based, supportive relationship building. And it's not what we want parents to say to children. You, you did it wrong. Here's what you do. How many times yeah. do I have to tell you, right? Like, And yeah. so if people hold that lens in mind, it helps them think about what should come out of their mouths. So like what's how happening? I talk to my supervisee is how yeah. I want them to talk to families. Exactly. So it's a modeling and an, and it's an experiencing at the same time because they're experiencing you as the supervisor, partnering with them, not being judgmental. And, and you know, relationships have imp impact relationships. They will take that back to their relationship with their family and kind of try to replicate that same feeling. That's the parallel exactly. process. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So something popped in my head, Joe, that um, <clears throat> as you were saying that, you know, one of the things people say in this process of reflective supervision, people who are being supervised, is that they feel really uncomfortable being vulnerable with their supervisor. Mm. And they don't want to say, I don't know how to do this, or mm -hmm. I feel stuck. Uh, and I think that's because there's a, you know, we're all human, but also there's a, this is a new way of supporting people in the work, right. you know, and right. other kinds of jobs. You don't tell your boss that you're not sure. And you don't tell yeah. your boss that you don't know what to do because that means, you don't you, your job is at risk, right? You right. know, and what we're doing in this unpacking and what I mean by unpacking is sort of uh, delving in, uh, asking questions to understand what's underneath things is that, um, we're helping to build our, our supervisees, our staff's capacity to do their job, right? Mm -hmm. There are lots of things a lot of us don't know how to do. And we're also getting to know who they are, mm -hmm. right? You know, I, my temperament is different than your temperament. My way of working with the family may be different than your way. And I wanna help you be successful with who you are and your work with families. Mm -hmm. And so I may know you know, I know your tendency is to be more quiet with families. And mm -hmm. so let's find a way that makes this work for you where I might be more upfront and out there with the family and right. my style wouldn't work for you, right? right? And so that saying this makes me feel uncomfortable or I feel really nervous about doing this is required so that what we do with families is actually effective. Right. How does this, you know, we just have uh, another minute. How, how does a supervisor create an environment where the supervisee might feel more comfortable uh, being vulnerable? It's all about uh, trust. And okay. what I know about trust is that trust happens based on experiences over time. Mm. And so our first interaction, I might not ask you to tell me your most vulnerable experiences. Mm -hmm. I might start off with some reflective questions just to get to know you and your work that are, are, are more 
I don't mean superficial in a judgmental way, but more on the surface, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, where do you feel successful in your job? What are the mm-hmm. pieces of your job that you love? Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me where um, the parts of your job that are that you don't like as much, right? I might start there. And over time, I might start asking questions that become a little bit deeper, but mm-hmm. I'm going to follow the lead of the person I'm supervising because mm-hmm. I want them to feel safe right. and how I respond to them needs to be supportive so that they will feel comfortable to say something to me. Wow. Really? Yeah, that's it. I mean, your, your experience with them is going to help them feel more comfortable and trust feel, feel that trust so that they feel okay kind of putting yes. stuff out there like gee I didn't know you know and I'm saying this to my supervisor but I know my supervisor is a safe person yeah yeah, yeah. okay well let's 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 stop here and we'll jump back in in our next uh conversation thanks Mark. perfect thanks Joe okay